It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Could the Dallas Cowboys trade Lyle Collins? And how much could they get in return for the pretty good right tackle? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus underscore Mosier on Twitter. Uh, Follow me on there if you want to. You can. Uh, you can check out Landon on Twitter, at BCB. Landon, let's talk about the, the big Cowboys news that happened just after we recorded yesterday. Cowboys are shopping Lyle Collins, or at least they're said to be shopping Lyle Collins. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, Locked On Cowboys fans remember that I had kind of said that, like, when you had brought this up previously, that I think that this, you know, if this would, were to happen, that uh, I thought it was a pretty strong indicator that they were really leaning into a, a soft rebuild. Now, I think that that was under the assumption that a lot of these other moves would be happening as well. But, I mean, we've gone this far, and all the rumored moves that we've all been, you know, wildly freaking out about and, and commenting on, Nothing's happened yet. So right now it feels like there's a lot of irons in the fire, but, but nothing's finished yet. So it's still kind of difficult to kind of parse what is happening. I, I, I would have a different opinion if Cooper is gone and then they also get rid of Lyle Collins and they also get rid of, you know, uh, Lawrence. Like that's would induce one opinion. If they just get rid of Lyle Collins in order to potentially keep Cooper and keep Lawrence, that induces another opinion. You know, it's just right now it's very difficult to kind of triangulate yeah. what they're doing based on rumors because, you know, again, they may be looking at a multiple different scenarios, multiple different paths to get where they want to go. Uh, and 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 all of this is kind of just feeling out what the market is for each one of these players, uh, and, and then trying to like come get their heads together and go, okay, we can get these picks for Lale, and 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 this is for Cooper. Which one do we want to keep? And and try sure. to value that out. I, I think that the one thing I will add is that I think that Lale's uh, contract, combined with his talent level, makes him a very movable piece, right? Yes. Because ten yes. million dollars for a very good starting right tackle. Uh, is not a lot of money, to be honest. So, so so here's what I think is happening here. I think the Cowboys looked at the top six or seven players in terms of cap hit, and they were having conversations about whether we can keep him or not. All right, let's just go through it, right? The first yeah. guy, Demarcus Lawrence, $27 million. They've already asked him to take a pay cut. Amari Cooper, $22 million. Dak Prescott, they've already restructured his contract, right? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, they can't do anything there. There's not much they can do there. Yeah. Right. Tyron Smith. Now, we haven't heard anything about Tyron potentially restructuring or whatever, but I wouldn't be surprised if that comes down the pipe. Zach Martin already restructured. Uh, Dalton Schultz on the franchise tag now, and then there's Lyle Collins. Like, they're, they're just trying to go through every possibility. And the Collins one 
is not surprising to me at all. I, I, I think he's really good, but it's pretty clear that he fell out of favor, right? Like the Cowboys, when he returned from his suspension last year, he didn't get his starting job back. Like Terrence Steele started over him for multiple weeks before they eventually la- allowed Collins to take that right tackle spot. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're going into the 2022 season just anticipating Terrence Steele's going to be the starter because they like how hard he works. They like how reliable is he is. And unfortunately, that's just not Lyle right now. Yeah, I mean... It's not I, to I say think that he, Collins is a, a lesser player because... No, he's a better player. Like, I mean, I think that's, I don't know that that's debatable. Um, uh, And, and frankly, you know, I, 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 despite the the development of Terrence Steele, which frankly, you know, that's, that's on his own route. That's on his, under his own power. I don't know why we should have a whole lot of faith in this offensive line coach. You know, I mean, it hasn't really shown us uh, a lot to, to, you know, feel great about. I think there's been some major, major, terrible decision-making that has been mm-hmm. happened in the last year over the alignment of the offensive line. And, you know, if that's just Joe Feldman, you know, making those decisions full, fully based on the talent that's in front of him, that would be one thing. But, uh, and, 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 and if, if, if this is coming from above him and the problem is Mike McCarthy, then Mike McCarthy is a problem. But I, I just, you know, my thought process is I understand how they feel about Lyle Collins. I understand that, we, that he doesn't have any more guaranteed money. Um, I think that if, you know, if you're getting rid of Lael Collins by himself in order to keep the other two guys or try to keep Cooper, try to keep Lawrence, that's one thing. But if they go the route of getting rid of both Lawrence and Cooper, and they are also trading Lael Collins, I mean, it's hard, even if they aren't intentionally doing it. Yeah. I, I think it's time to start looking at this as a soft rebuild. I don't, I don't know how you would do it otherwise. I mean, they, they basically are clearing money off of their books at this point, at, at that point, I, I shouldn't say at this point, because none of this is finalized. All of this is rumor. Sure. And, I, and I will just add in that another rumor that we that we've recently come out to is that there's rumors that the Demarcus Lawrence situation isn't going to get isn't going to get changed. Like he's going to end up on the team. So we're hearing a lot of conflicting reports on stuff. It's kind of hard to comment on it because all all of it kind of is interlinked a little bit, you know, like how you how at least how I feel about it has to do with how they do how they deal with multiple of these situations uh you know specifically with Leo collins i think he's a better tackle than than collins was last year i mean than uh, steel was last year uh, i think that steel has an opportunity to continue to get better and, and still be a very good right tackle i'm, I'm certainly not poo-pooing the idea of yeah. him being the starter but i just think that you don't get rid of talented offensive linemen that are on cheap contracts i, I want to talk about what the cowboys could get potentially for Lyle collins and trey but I sent out a tweet last night when I was shopping at Walmart and I actually I sent the tweet and then I turned off my phone because I didn't want to see what people uh, responded to it. Because that's always a great way to tweet. I, I uh-huh. that that's, uh, your, your, your favorite, your favorite way of tweeting yeah, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. My, my tweet, it kind of goes to what you're saying, but I said, I, the, the word for word of the tweet, I think the Cowboys would be more aggressive in free agency and trades if their division in the NFC was better. I kind of believe that they think they could soft rebuild get their cap in order, not necessarily go all in for the 2022 season, but still make the playoffs because the division is so weak. If if the NFC was a little bit tougher, maybe we don't see them make as many cap-saving moves. But I think – I honestly think they can. They believe they can still win the division with a lesser roster this year. Every Even if the Cowboys did every single rumor that you personally hate, uh, dear Cowboys fan yeah. – None of it could possibly be as bad 
as the Washington Commanders trading for Carson, re- actually trading well, for Carson, which, it, which has already happened. So. And it's not even that. It's like you look at the rest of the conference, right? Again, seven teams make the playoffs every year. You pick the seven teams that you think are going to make the playoffs right now in the NFC. It is bleak, man. You might get an eight nine team making the playoffs next year. You might get two eight nine teams. Making you the might playoffs get two. And I, yeah. So, I know it sounds bad, but if the Cowboys, I wonder if the front office is thinking, "Hey, if we can get our books in order, have a bunch of cap space in twenty twenty three, and still potentially compete. make the playoffs and compete." Probably the best of both worlds. Is that the best strategy and the best philosophy? I don't think so, but I think I have a feeling that's what they're thinking. You know, I, I think it's the best strategy if your strategy is to try to rebuild your team a little bit, but not lose any revenue because your team sucks for a season. You know, like if that's ultimately what your goal is, as, as opposed to truly cleaning house and rebuilding. But I mean, like, look, I, I will give the Cowboys the benefit of this doubt. A full rebuild while you have a quarterback under contract, like that seems like ill-advised as well to a large degree, right? Like you don't necessarily want to waste one of those seasons uh, uh, on, a, on a rebuild, right? Because, you know, that just seems foolhardy. So, you know, they, they are trying to straddle the line a little bit. You know, the, the, the reason we're concerned with that is that it's, it's, neither, it's neither nor, right? It's not yeah, really yeah, committing yeah. to either side. Um, but I, you know, I think that they can, I mean, I, I do think they can do what you suggested because of the reason that what you brought up, the NFC is going to be weak next year. The NFC East specifically will still continue to be weak next year. And the NFC South um, might not have a winning team in that. And we're playing the NFC South, if I'm not mistaken, you know, that's, that's the, that's our uh, division that we're going to, or that we're playing against the NFC. So. Yeah, I, I just think that there is a, the, a, a, lots of opportunity for the Cowboys to kind of make their overall long-term situation better while you know maybe not losing ground in the NFC playoff race somehow last year because a, a, a lower as opposed to a raising tide a rising tide rising all ships a sinking tide is sinking all yep. these ships so uh really quickly the Cowboys actually don't play the NFC South they play the NFC oh, North which are sorry oh, yeah the NFC uh North which is Chicago that just traded away their best player the Vikings who might be completely right. rebuilding the lions and then there's the Packers, but like they, the other division they play is the AFC South, which that's what I was has, thinking of. Yeah. Sorry. Which has yeah. no quarterback for the Colts, the Jaguars, the Titans and the Texans. Mm-hmm. It's pretty Not exactly a pow- the powerhouse right. of the so AFC. You could have a, a significantly lesser roster than you had this year. And you might still get 10 to 11 Similar wins. Record. So that's true. uh, Let's talk about what the Cowboys could get for Lyle Collins in a trade. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about bet online. It's that time of year again, as we've got the college basketball tournament starting, I believe next week from all the latest odds, contests and player player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Bet online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile dev- device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's just open this up. What do you think the Cowboys could get on the open market for Lyle Collins? (sighs) You know, like I said, I I feel like the contract makes it very – enticing right because you're not having to do like a trade and then a re-sign or an extension or you know what I'm saying like i think you could trade for his contract and be happy with it uh i would say you know if i'm the cowboys i need a i need third round pick value at least right like i i, I think you know if that's even a, an equivalent of a of a you know of a, a pick swap higher up uh I, that's that works for me too um, but I, 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 you know, I think to make this even worth their while and not seem foolish, to be honest, they, they need to have at least a, a fourth round pick. I would be upset with, let's put it that way. Third or higher is what I'm, I'm hoping. What do you think he'll ultimately go for? I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think the third round price tag is where I would be like, okay, I understand a fourth round pick. What are we doing? It, but, so be, but, because because again, like it's not costing you a ton of money. I don't care how you feel about Lael Collins. This isn't a feelings thing, man. Like I mean, he's a valuable player who is on a very cheap contract, and that is a very valuable complete asset. So don't just give it away because I understand he you know he's been irresponsible and and there's there's reasons that you're doing this, but that doesn't mean that you take a bath because of it. Like the Cowboys have punished themselves enough over Leo Collins's mistake. You know, I, I think that they still need to retain the, get the value. And if they're not going to get the value, then get the value out of him on the field. Don't just yeah. give him away for nothing. I will say, I looked at some recent offensive lineman trades and the only one where I got a team got more than a second round pick was when Orlando Brown was traded from the Ravens to the chiefs. Lyle's not Orlando Brown. He's not as young as Orlando Brown is, and he's not a left tackle. So I think you can throw that one out the door, but neither is Orlando Brown, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, (laughs) I I think Orlando Brown too. We might disagree with that. Uh, I think he's a very good right tackle, but yes, I agree. He's. I I think they're similar value, but you're right. Orlando Brown's much younger. So, so Rodney Hudson last year was traded for one of the like a late uh, third round pick. Gabe Jackson was traded for a fifth round pick. Seems like that's kind of the value, but somewhere between third and fifth round, depending on your age. Uh, we don't see very many offensive tackles traded unless it's for a first round pick. I just have a feeling, Lane, it's probably going to be a fourth round pick. But if I were the Cowboys, that's not the direction I would go. You mentioned a pick swap. And I actually, there, there was a really good one uh, that our friend Joe Goodberry sent us yesterday. He was basically saying, why couldn't the Cowboys and the Bengals work out a deal where the Cowboys send pick 56 and a late, I think it was like a fifth round pick and Lyle Collins for pick 31, right? You get another first round pick with a fifth year option. Give me the Bengals, the Bengals keep, you know, one of their picks so they can keep adding their depth, but they get a starter. I think that makes a lot of sense. That might be too much value for Lyle. I, I don't know what the, the NFL is going to decide, but something like that makes a lot of sense. 
I don't. I mean, seriously, I don't know how why either team wouldn't do that. You know, like it makes tons of sense. You reunite Lael with Frank Pollock. Uh, you uh, you get the you get the value that you're looking for. No one loses the, a pick except for the Cowboys losing like a fifth or whatever. But yeah, I think it was just willing. something else. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but that but I totally am on board with that because of the value. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm on board with that for sure. If they if they wanted to do that, if they insist on trying to get rid of Lael Collins, at least get see, value the benefit. To then the benefit then is you could probably get a first round offensive lineman that you like. So let's say, let's say at 24, you take your receiver or your defensive end. I'm betting you still at 31. There's going to be Kenyon green. Uh, maybe Zion Johnson's there. Maybe that Tyler Smith from Tulsa, who we've been hearing rumors about or Ryman from central Michigan. Like there'll be somebody there. If you want to try to upgrade your offensive line, but I, I think that would make some sense. Yeah, I agree. And then it still allows you another first round pick to do something with that other pick to, to fill another hole. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, when do you when do we think a trade will happen for Lyle? Do you think it'll be before free agency, which starts on Monday? Do you think it'll be after? What do you think? I don't know that there's any like time pressure for the Cowboys necessarily, because I mean honestly, they could make this deal on the clock. But I think for the other teams, there may be more pressure, right? Because they want to get their offensive line situation solved or at least have an idea of, of how they're going to solve it uh, uh, going out, at least going into free agency, knowing if they're going to have to target someone or not. So they, they may try to make this deal soon. Or what the alternative could be is that, that maybe they try a couple of things in free agency and see if they work out. If they don't, then they circle back with Dallas. I don't know that this needs – you know. I mean, kind of talking to it, saying it out loud, I, I really don't know that there needs to be any time pressure on this. I mean, I, I think, think the longer the way the Cowboys will probably be better, right? Well, for the – yeah, for the Cowboys, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I think for the teams themselves, I, I think, you know, they, you know they're, they're probably going to be strung out by the Cowboys just by saying, well, we're waiting on a better deal. We're waiting on a better deal because, like you said, they, they don't have – any pressure to do well, it immediately. They don't need to do it at all. So well, and the other like, reason why it makes sense for the Cowboys to wait is it's not like trading Lyell suddenly opens up $10 million of cap space this year, right? Yeah. It opens up space next year, which is really the reason they would do it. They would save about 14 million in 2023. So what's, listen, we, what's, what's the cap space savings for this year? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, yeah. It's one, like 1.5 million. Yeah, so that's not like enough. Like that was my only thought is that like if that cap, cap money could eventually could like free up something to kind of you know no. finish one of these other deals, that might you know be a reason why you would want to finish it earlier. But for one point four million dollars, like that's not going to be the uh, uh, the the burst in the dam that's actually going to make sure that you can sign you know any one of these other guys that you're trying to like either yep. resign or sign deals to. So it, yeah, the Cowboys have no pressure at this. And point. the offensive tackle market is really bad in free agency. It yep. just is like, it's the same retread guys that we saw last year. And there's going to be a team, whether it's the chargers who have a bunch of cap space, the Bengals who have a bunch of cap space, the Colts, the Broncos, all those teams need tackles. One of them is going to get left out, right? It's just going to happen. So I think creating a little bit of, you know, urgency there, especially if you're like at the Broncos, right? Because you don't have a first round yeah. pick. You don't have a, a second round pick until number 64, if you don't get a tackle in free agency, you're not getting one. You're, you're, you're just not. So, you know, if you could trade pick 64 for Lyle Collins, which again, that would be, I would do that if you're the Cowboys, right? Get a second round pick. I, I think there's, that makes a, a lot of sense. So we're going to get to the combine stuff, but <laughs> I promise we're going to do that in the third segment. Yeah. Um, 
just a tweet that I saw this morning that I, I sent you uh, that Raider Gregory's market is heating up. Um, do you believe it? I, I mean, I, I think we need to have a larger conversation about not taking the bait, guys. Like, I, for, maybe. I mean, is it possible that that's a true tweet? Maybe. But I, I think that the, uh, immediately you see that, and it looks like Agent Chum. It looks like something that's being put out there by the agents to kind of draw up interest. It, th- that to me reads like a uh, – uh, you said it, you pointed it out. That to me reads like an agent saying – Please, somebody offer us more money than what Dallas is offering us because all that Dallas is offering us is is not what we're hoping. Uh, even the the way that was some of it was worded, I saw it was like uh, when he had had the best season of his career. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, Randy Gregory hasn't had exactly a a, a career yeah. full of uh, you know plentiful productive seasons, so that's yep. not exactly yeah. a huge uh, a huge you know, endorsement of him. So. I think that he's like, you know, it's like we talked about. It's a very difficult market for Randy Gregory for all the reasons that we had mentioned previously, including, you know, where the market is, all the free, all the draft guys that are coming out that are, you know, that are accomplished edge players. He's 29 years old. He's had problems staying on the field for one reason or another. I think the Cowboys value him more than other teams do because the Cowboys know who he is. Yep. Uh, and I, th- I think that, mar- that the market is probably going to reflect that. Uh, and I think part of it is, one of the teams that had a bunch of cap space that needed another edge was the chargers. They got yeah. theirs yesterday. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you have, these are all edges that are going to get paid more than Randy Gregory, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Jason Pierre, Paul, Jerry Hughes, Jadavion Clowney, Emmanuel Ogba, maybe Dante Fowler, definitely Hassan Reddick. Plus you have some older veterans like Melvin Ingram and Justin Houston and Charles Harris. And then Harold Landry just got paid. Like, there's a lot of guys out there, plus the draft class, like you mentioned. I think Randy Gregory would love to get 14 million a year. I just don't think the market's don't out think there. That's going to happen. You know, so. I, I would take I would take Randy Gregory's 2023 potential upside over half those names that you mentioned, probably because I do believe that he has that ability in him, and that I think he can he can and will do that. But I mean, there's so much circumstance behind his situation, yeah. and none of those guys have that. I mean, what may, some of them may have one of those circumstances, like oh, they are also 29 years old or also 30 years old. But very few of them have, you know, a 29 year old who's only played like X amount of snaps. That and has that's the had- thing is like you have Chandler Jones and Von Miller who are 32. Jason Pierre-Paul, add him in there. They're, they're all 32, but those guys all have a bunch of stats, you know, a bunch of stacks, and they're proven. And then if you want to go younger, there's guys like Hassan Reddick, yep, who exactly. are 20, 27, who have more production. It's just – And that's not even mentioning the draft class. The draft yeah. class is one of the best edge classes we've yeah. seen in, in, in as far as depth goes in years. So uh, I, I think the market is just a terrible market for Randy Gregory to be coming out into – uh, and, and especially for him because of, of, of the way his season, if he had played a whole season and got like, you know, uh, and been 11 on, on the field the whole time, yeah. and got 11 sacks. That would be a different story, but he got six sacks. It's not like, you know, it, 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 there's a reason that the tweet didn't say six sacks because six sacks isn't very impressive sounding. Right. Like, so I believe in Randy Gregory and this is not me sliding Randy Gregory. I, I think that we're going to get a steal out of him i really do honestly believe that but i also can i can very easily make the case for why he doesn't have a very good market and it has to do everything with the market yep and who's on it and i didn't even mention guys like (laughs) 
Charles Harris, who was really a bust early in his career. He's younger than Randy Gregory. He's been healthier. He's played more snaps. By the way, he had seven and a half sacks last year. Someone's going to talk themselves into paying Charles Harris more than Gregory because he's been on the field more and he had more recent production. He's not a better player. No. I mean, Harris is not a better player than Gregory. That's just the way the market works, right? Exactly, yeah. So production matters uh, at this position, you know, especially if you're paying a bunch of money, you want it. And so does availability almost more than the production. Right. And that's why somebody like like Melvin Ingram last year who had a bunch of production, but had one year where he missed some time. All of a sudden he's getting a one year, $4 million deal. Yeah. He, the Cowboys are going to be fine there. I, I would be shocked if Randy Gregory is not on this team next year. I would be shocked. Yeah. And for way more, way less money than I bet most of you are anticipating it it wouldn't even shock me if he takes a one-year deal too right because absolutely i mean i would honestly if i was Randy gregory i would i would take a one-year deal for like i don't know i'm eight million dollars seven million dollars because that i I don't know that you're going to get more than that and then you go in and 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 you try it again and then hopefully next year the market isn't nearly as swamped with with veteran pass rushers and you come out looking like a fantastic player who just had a 10 plus sack season uh, and and you're the top of the free agent market despite only being 30 years old or despite yep. being 30 years old. Um, I, I've got a feeling the edge market's going to be like that for a while, though. It's, that there's a be lot true of as well. I mean, pressure. like I said, that that draft class is really flooding the, the, the league in a way that it really hasn't been flooded yep. with pass rushers in a while. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's uh, take one more break. And then I promise we're getting to combine stuff. <laughs> promise. Uh, I'll tell you guys about Built Bar. Uh, this time of year, almost everybody has given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not us. And that's because we have Built Bar to help us out. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate. Mm. They're low calorie, high protein. Uh, you can replace these with your, your typical candy bar that you have every single day. Uh, and they're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to... Whatever candy bar you like. I used to like Three Musketeers, Twix, uh, but those have 240 calories, 270 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, combine time. I know the combine uh, finished up (laughs) on Sunday, whatever that day was. But uh, for the Cowboys, specifically for the Cowboys, any winners or losers that you you, you saw? Man, I mean, it feels like that defensive tackle class suddenly looks a lot better, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, I think you looked at Jordan Davis and and you kind of confirmed that he is an absolute freak of nature. But I mean, even beyond that, I thought Wyatt had an incredible workout. Um, You know, I think. Can we talk about Jordan Davis and why he would fit the Cowboys, by the way? Because I see a lot of bad takes. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, he's not getting the 24. So this is kind of. Absolutely. But but the overall point remains, right? Well. I, I know a lot of people are saying, well, you're only you're in your nickel all the time. So why are you going to have a 340 pound defensive tackle in your nickel? 
because it can help you stop your run or stop the run while you're in nickel, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about getting gashed on the ground while you're in nickel. I think he can help there. Is he going to be a dominant pass rusher in the NFL? Probably not. And is he only going to play, let's say, 40 to 50% of the snaps? Probably. But I don't care if he helps you get to third down. Like, if he helps you do that and you can replace him with a Demarcus Lawrence or somebody else, that's fine. I, I just think he's a, he's a really good player. I also have a really hard time believing that he has no value as in the in the pass rush. You know, oh, yeah, I don't. I he may he yeah. he may not be a uh, a guy who's going to get six, seven, eight sacks as a defensive tackle. But I think that the idea that he can collapse a pocket, can crush undersized centers, uh, can can force double teams that can draw away double teams from the outside, opening things up for your guys on the outside. I think that's something that has incredible value. And then you I add agree. in what you just talk about, you dominant, dominant run. You it makes your linebackers play better. It's a force multiplier. You know, it's it's it, it makes your linebackers better, makes your edge rushers better. His stats may not be what may not you know end up being outrageous, but I think that what he does is that he provides a lot for the players around you in the sense that would it be worth the 24th pick? Absolutely. Now, if we're talking about 15. I, I, you know, that's when I would start having a conversation. Yeah, we could have a conversation about it. But, but 24, it's like, yeah, absolutely. He falls to me at 24. I'm taking him. I asked uh, somebody who I was watching the combine with the other day. I said, if you could have any player in this class that would help Michael Parsons the most, who would you take? It's Jordan Davis for me, right? If he's somebody that can take on two guys and, uh, he can let Micah just shoot gaps, or you can use Micah more as a pass rusher. If you can help you get to third and seven more often, where you can have Micah rushing the passer. Like this, I, I just think this guy's incredible. I, I think he would be a perfect fit for the Cowboys defense. And frankly, I think he's the type of player they've been missing for, I don't know, last 25 years or so. Yeah, it's been a long time since they've had a guy like this. And and I think that, you know, with Quinn, you'll do creative stuff with him too. I would not at all be surprised if he was on this team to see Jordan Davis line up as a five technique over a left tackle and just bully a left tackle back into the quarterback's lap. We've seen that kind of thing before. They like to play Osa out there, and I don't think it was just because Osa is, you know, explosive and, uh, and, and, you know, has good leverage. I think, you know, this guy has the athleticism to do a couple of neat things, maybe not full-time, but, like, you can do things with him that can cause – create. problems create confusion and, and yeah. just make the uh, offense uncomfortable the guys like these you know they they're the stirs that can that can uh you know they're the straws that can stir the drink sure. on defense sure. even if they're not the ones that are you know, gobbling up all the sacks or making all the tackles they're definitely providing for the folks that are and dan quinn has experience with these type of guys 2017 he had done terry poe but that was when poe wasn't completely washed and he was a good player for them started all 16 games you go back to Seattle days, so they had Red Bryant, and they were playing right. as a base defensive end. Like, mm-hmm. they're he knows how to use this type of guy. Is that what they're going to draft? Probably not. He, I don't think he's going to. I mean, he's not going to make it to them. But yeah, no, he's not going to make it. Yeah. Uh, who else for the most class uh, impressed you or didn't impress you? <sighs> um, you know, I, I the, the Washington uh, defensive backs not testing well. I, I think and Gordon. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I that it doesn't really have a huge uh drop off for me i mean i think that i i still like those guys uh so that kind of helps the cowboys if you like those guys they, they could they could fall a little bit um, dan quinn's not gonna like him because they both have t-rex arms so yeah that's true that's a good point um i uh let's see who else i, I thought that the wide receivers you know obviously all came out blazing fast i mean i Except think again Burt. 
Yeah, except for Burks. We, we, but we talked about, about yeah. we talked about those guys, but I do think that that for me kind of it kind of sealed things with, with me for Olave because yeah. the one thing I had a hard time watching him was he's so natural looking. It's hard to tell how fast he is, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he's playing in Ohio state, which is filled with a bunch of fast guys too. So it's like, are all these guys just kind of fast or is Olave faster than I thought? And Olave was faster than I thought that four, two, six number is obviously ridiculous, but, yeah. but, but I mean, the point is, is that I, I mean, my, I estimation was that he was more of a, you know, Closer to four five than to a four four. So the fact that he was sub four four to me uh, really gives you an idea of exactly what kind of player you're getting there. Um, I, I, the only other one I would say is linebacker was shocking to me, and a little bit. I mean, we yeah. knew there was some athletic guys in this class, but that Wisconsin kid, man. What, oh, what was that? Uh, Leo Chanel. Yeah, Chanel. Chanel. Like, uh, did he? I, he. I don't know if he actually tested. Did he test at the combine too? He did. He, he ran a four five three officially at the combine. But I mean, just the numbers and then the pro day numbers he had after were just absolutely absurd. Yeah. Uh, I, I think one guy that kind of is being tacked on a lot because of uh, the Jordan Davis stuff uh, is the UConn kid, Travis. Uh, what's his name? The defensive tackle. Travis uh, Jones. Travis Jones. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought that he had a really impressive workout for a guy that size. Um, and, and, you know, I think other people have mentioned this too, that, you know, you didn't have Jordan, you didn't have the Georgia boys there that Travis Davis would be the, the guy that you're talking about at the defensive tackle class, because uh, that was a really impressive workout. Um, I, I, I just mentioned the linebackers again, really quickly. Um, <laughs> I think day two is when you're going to want to grab, grab a linebacker in this class. I, I love the Kobe Dean. I know you like Devin Lloyd a lot, but. Day two is when you're going to get the value. Troy well, Anderson, my my guy from Montana State, ran a four four two. Christian Harris, who we didn't love, he ran yeah. a four four four. Channing Tyndale, four four seven. Quay Walker, four five two. Uh, Damone Clark, four five seven. Chad Muma, four six three, and four six three, and was outstanding in all the drills. Like, if you wait to pick fifty six and you want a starting level linebacker with a lot of athleticism, there's going to be three or four guys available there. So. I think that's a spot where I will, I'm almost penciling in linebacker sometime in day two because you're just going to get a good player. Well, and I was just going to say, I, I mean, kind of on the other side of that spectrum, Devin Lloyd didn't necessarily have the best day no. uh, uh, athletically because, I mean, the whole point – and again, why it really matters for some of these folks versus other ones is because you view them as athletic profiles. You, you, you're you grading them with yeah. your eyes as these are upside folks. So when they don't present – the athleticism that you're banking on for him to be, you know, develop, then you're, then you really take a step back. And go, well, what, what, what am I hanging my hat on here? So uh, yeah, I think Lloyd's athleticism uh, numbers are going to make some folks go back and rewatch some of that tape. I don't know if that necessarily is going to make him move or anything, but it's certainly when compared to the guys that you just mentioned, it yep. certainly does re- kind of affirm that, Hey, I can get guys that are more athletic. Maybe they have more upside down the road. Uh, a little bit later down the road if I needed to, and, and and it'll cost me obviously a round or two of picks later, which is obviously much, you know, much more palatable if you're trying to get multiple starters in this draft class. Uh, the, the only other guy that I want to mention before we head out is Trevor Penning, the offensive lineman from Northern Iowa, ran a four, eight, nine 40. And you know why that's important because we've been talking about that in the show, like all the all pro offensive linemen over the last 10 years have all run uh, four, nine or faster. Uh, I actually know the Cowboys like him quite a bit. Don't think it's going to matter because it sounds like the, the shatter at the yeah. combine was he's not getting past number six. 
and that's pretty high for him, but I get it because there's only so many guys in the world that are 6'8 and 315 pounds and can run a sub 4940. So, uh, it, really good player, uh, probably pushed his uh, stock out of the range for the Cowboys. On the other side of that, a guy that the Cowboys kind of were interested, or at least Cowboys fans are interested in. Uh, this isn't really a testing thing, but I mean, you have to look at what Tyler Linderbaum's arms came in as and, 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 and add it to the list at this point. Right. I mean, you're you're not double counting it really because I mean, we knew he was undersized, but I think, you know, being being five or six pounds under, under, under 300 pounds is one thing, but also having really short arms, it kind of compounds on it a little bit. So again, that doesn't change the tape I saw. That doesn't, you know, like somebody pointed out, the fact that he was able to do that with that, that do what he does on tape at that size is incredibly impressive. Uh, but it is something to keep in mind and that, you know, the, the, the guys that he's going to be facing week in and week out in the Big Ten is not going to be the same kind of guys that he's facing week in and week out yep. in the NFL. And, and, and yep. athleticism inside really matters a lot more at the NFL level. And, and two more guys before we head out. Um, Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson, the two guards, were in the same groupings together. Oof, and Zion, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zion just out-tested him. He, he was just yep. the, the far better athlete and not totally unexpected because no, he's a little no. bit older and stuff. To me, the thing that I I thought was interesting is Kenyon Green just looks sloppy. Like the body yes. and the build look really sloppy compared to some of the other offensive linemen, which is a little concerning. Like this is the biggest – interview of your life and it kind of looked like he was out of shape and that kind of stuff so i think those guys were pretty close going into the trap process i think johnson's pretty clearly ahead of him now for me uh, i could be wrong eventually but i think he's a lot safer that's all i agree i think burks also suffered from a similar situation like we mentioned where it's not so much that the testing concerns us is more just like what you know, why didn't you show up to test better a little bit with Burks? It's like, we're, we're, we're kind of coming to learn now that he came into the whole training process at 240 and was trying to drop weight as opposed to add speed. But with green, it's like, you know, this, he looks like he hasn't trained. He looks like he just came off the season, you know? And, and um, you know, that's a little concerning because of what you just mentioned. So uh, I, the tape is still the tape. I still think he's a good player. Yeah. But but I I think you have to kind of evaluate and, and investigate why you know why the combine numbers and why he just he looked like that in the combine you know uh, I I still would hate to pick at twenty four because I think he's a good no. player but no Zion somebody that'd be jumping up and down with if he was at the pick at twenty four because I just think he's a much safer prospect that that's all I agree uh, all right that is it for today's show thank you guys for tuning in we'll be back on Monday with uh, some free agency news free agency kicks off on monday i'm sure the cowboys are going to be crazy busy at the opening bell uh so we'll break down all of their big ticket <laughs> signings and we'll track jerry jones's jet like we used to do in the early 2000s uh yeah we'll actually probably just be getting that well jerry jones's jet may be busy doing other things at this point so we may have nothing to do with free peak, agency. peak free so. agency for me was when i was tracking jerry jones's jet like in 2005 when they were looking at Aiken Adele that's when I was really oh, excited man, about man. Uh, uh, awesome law to see if they were going to, to sign oh, yeah, awesome yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that, that was another awesome one yeah, that was a big one too oh, wow. man. Never came to jeez uh, Those follow, the the show. <laughs> follow the show <laughs> at on Cowboys you can follow Layden at McCool BCB I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier we'll see you guys next time hey Prime members 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 